1: stuff board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together this is chris and this is Anthony, and this is episode 461 bgg hotness for february 2024 we like to thank all our patreon backers for helping us bring us bring you a special episode but especially game master dave dave my friend you rock all right, friends, we're back and we are talking about the latest and the greatest in tabletop gaming. Of course, thanks to our friend Dave, who joined us up on Patreon, and everybody out there who supports us each and every week. Thank you so much for listening. Anthony, my friend, let me throw this out here to you. I, I need a hot take board games.
0: Board games, good.
1: There you go. Nice. Is that, that hot
0: enough take for you? Anybody it's out hot, there? Baby. Everybody fainting out there from all the heat? Woo! That's so much man. hot spicy hot. <laughs> board games
1: good. There you go. There board you go. Board games
0: expensive. What about oh, yeah. that one. Oh. That's a hot take. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> Kickstarter, I don't know. That's true. That's all I got. Um board games great man. I, I love board games. I talk yeah. about some games, the hot this the hot games that are up there right now board game geek everybody's talking about them. Um sure. some more stuff we've been playing recently. It'd be fun.
1: Yes, absolutely. Got a great episode for you, so that you know about the latest and the greatest, and you could talk about it with everyone at the game table. So, that's going to be our feature of you, but obviously we have a lot of stuff out there to kind of keep you interested. Anthony, it's it's happened. It's Anthony's Top 10 on Patreon.com slash BGA.
0: Yeah, I did all those, well, I didn't do all those Top 10s. I did the one Top 10 and then the rest of the Top 100 of my games, so... Again, if you haven't backed on Patreon, you can, and you can listen to my full top one hundred, which is about four or five hours, I think, all told, with all the different episodes that I recorded. So, my lovely voice for four or five hours going through my top one hundred games. Um, and I figured, hey, why not do more top tens? Uh, this these are fun, <laughs> but yes. non-game stuff. So I oh gonna, yeah, I've got my top ten games from last year, which is going up sometime soon um but then also i have my top 10 movies because my son asked me and was adamant that i make a list so i did um and i'm going to share it um i have my top 10 uh television shows that i love Ooh, very yes. nice. top 10 video games nice nice yeah. nice. so it's it was a thing we were doing over the holiday break and i was like i could just record these this will be fun mm-hmm. and i enjoy doing these and hopefully you'll enjoy listening to them so I'm just calling it Anthony's top 10 because I don't know which one I'm going to post. Depends on which one I (laughs) feel like recording. But
1: um, they're coming up soon. How about some Oscar picks? How about that?
0: Oscar picks? (sighs) Oscars, man. The Holdovers. How about that? I watched that. It was very good. Uh Paul Giamatti.
1: Just fantastic. So. Okay. I
0: I haven't seen most of the rest
1: of them, but I really like that one a lot. Yeah. I'm surprised I've seen a bunch of them recently. I, I, I think the most recent one we were talking about was Godzilla's minus one. No oh, sure. Minus, minus color, because they're they're really cute about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's actually
1: better in black and white.
0: Yeah, I was upset about that, because it was only for a week, and yeah. I, I could not make it work um, to get out to see it, and now it's out of the theaters again, and I'm like, ah, come on.
1: Yeah, so. if you do see it, watch it in black and white, because they had less than $50 million to budget for the movie, and the black and white lens you know gravitas to it mm. where the color one you can kind of see some edges and things like that so uh they definitely fixed it up for the black and white and it plays better it just feels better it feels yeah, real yeah. well
0: it takes place in the 40s right so like
1: it mm-hmm. fits yeah because everything was in black and white in the 40s so yeah. yeah people didn't know that they thought it was just the tv or the movie cameras but actually yeah, in fact yeah. everything was black and white up until now. yeah
0: but sometime in the 60s we all developed the ability to see color it was crazy yeah
1: that's all at the same time (laughs) yeah now there's a lot of great stuff and uh we're looking forward to your episode but anthony let's talk about what everyone else is talking about what's our question of the week
0: all right question of the week this week um i feel like i ask this question like every six months or so Uh, and it's usually when either i spend money and buy an expansion or i'm going through my collection i'm like why do i have this so um this week i i got in my copy of dune war for arrakis and it came Mm -hmm. with a couple of expansions and i'm like do i need these what do these do i'm never i'm not going to use these anytime soon um and so i was thinking what new elements added to a game have the best chance to wow you and actually enter rotation right we all know we're gonna buy everything but Mm -hmm. what stuff will you actually use so Mm. um, i want i want to know what people are actually putting into their game and using um because I own hundreds of expansions and I don't use most of them. So, uh, Drew says over on the Patreon. And again, if you are a backer at any level, you can answer the question on Patreon and be entered in a for a chance to win uh, our contest every couple weeks. Um, he says hidden movement. So he mentions several games that he likes: the Hidden Movement expansion, Star Wars Rebellion, Sniper Elite, Narcos, Treasure Island. Um, David mentions. I like to see expansions add depth of decision-making without extending length of play or notably changing the weight. So he mentions scoundrels of Skullport for Lords of Waterdeep. Yes. Um, new mechanic. Very interesting. The game is neither longer nor harder, uh, which I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way, but that's a hundred percent it, right? Sure. That's why that's such a perfect expansion. It Love adds something expansion. new. Doesn't make the game any longer. And it doesn't make it any harder. It just gives you new decision space. Yes. Which is great.
1: Um, Yeah, the juxtaposition for more spaces, but some of them negatives. But at the same time, easily somewhat taken care of without, again, any more burden to it.
0: Yeah. yeah. My least favorite thing in an expansion after the five-player expansion, (laughs) um, which it's just if it makes the game longer. I don't want the game to be longer ever ever if i like the base game enough to buy an expansion i do not want it to be longer in any circumstances shorter great longer no um so like you can tell like look at the terraforming mars expansions the good ones make it shorter the bad ones make it longer there you go uh all right ryan mentions uh if i already like a game i don't mind if i if an expansion just adds more stuff like new cards a different map Or one small new mechanism. He mentions Concordia and all the map Mm -hmm. expansions. New areas to play. Small new mechanisms. Mix up the game a little bit. Um, Also mentions expansions that can refine or address something about the base game are good too, if done well. So he specifically likes recent releases like Boom Lakes Artifacts Expansion, which adds a lake board, which encourages faster gameplay movement with some neat bonus effects. Yes, faster. Not longer, faster. Love it. Also mentions Arc Nova's Marine Worlds expansion is a great addition, too, in that it helps refresh the market faster while adding the university to search for specific cards. Um, So those are over on the Patreon. Uh, In our Discord channel, we also had uh, a response there from Matthew, who says, definitely not the fifth player expansion. I think for me, I want an expansion to add a different variant of play. I wanted to expand my options, increase the complexity of the game and ultimately make me use my brain more. Um, new cards are good. Maybe some new components are added story, but mainly it's about adding options to a game. So again, more decision space. I think we're kind of all on the same page here. Uh, and then on the Facebook page again, cause you can just, whether you back us or not, you can always answer the question over on facebook.com slash board gamers anonymous. Um, we got David saying asymmetry and player powers, mm-hmm. uh, David uh, is saying more content. Uh, Roman saying draftable player powers and variants of controlled randomness at setup. So kind of like setup help. Like Lorenzo does that really well with like the setup draft. Um, We have Lucy mentions asymmetry and new cards. So the game seems fresh again. Uh, And then Bryant specifically says, I like new maps. So Power Grid, Concordia, and then apparently also Nucleum. uh, He mentions as games that do that. Nice. So. Yeah, I I think I agree with our listeners. Yeah. Fifth player expansion, bad. Always bad. <laughs> Never sure. good. Always bad. Yeah. Um, And then more decision space, more variability without making the game longer.
1: Perfect. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had it. I was I wanted to talk about this. Wait for the time. But I think actually this is a good time to mention it. I'm I at the time of recording, more or less, by the time you hear this past at this point um I'm currently attending the level up uh tabletop convention in woodbridge New Jersey, and as I was sitting at the table and we were talking about games, one of the games i'll be I'll be talking about uh at at the table is scarface nineteen twenty and one of the gamers at the table was like bemoaning the fact that they had the neoprene mat hmm. uh, and s- some differences some the same and i it's not an expansion the neoprene mats. But right. it is, as we talked about with the Concordia map, there is some difference to it, right? Whether sometimes the neoprene mats, they contain some of the player boards as part of their graphic design or some other elements to it, or and or they're just gigantic, right? They kind of open the board up. And yet at the same time, I and I, and I mentioned this, I'm like, I have several of these, and many years ago, it was like the thing to own, right? The neoprene mats, like, Imagine a board game that's like a neoprene mat. How cool and fun is that? And like, yes. And you buy them and then they all go in the same area and you forget that you own them for the game because they do not fit in the game box. No. Yes. So that's one of the, not necessarily an expansion, but it feels like an expansion, right? It feels like it's not just upgraded pieces. It's a whole bigger kind of thing. And looking back like I, I guess i'm glad i own them but i don't think i would ever do that again and i don't i think darwin's journey was one of them i think that came in the mm. pre i skipped that completely
0: there's only a couple i own that i'm happy i own right yeah, there's no, say. the twilight imperium mat is yeah. amazing because it keeps things from sliding around it keeps the tiles in place sure the war of the ring mat is beautiful because it's the size of the collector's edition board it's enormous and just beautiful, and nothing slides, and the cards stick to it. It's so good, and it comes like in a really fancy tube. So it's not just like a box, and then you throw it in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I think the rest of them are just they're in a pile under my desk. Like my feet are on them right now. Um, I can. <laughs> <laughs> they're soft. They're squishy. Um, I just got like I said, I got to do Dune War for Arrakis, and it, I forgot sure. I backed the mat, and I'm like, why did I back this? I don't want this. <laughs> like yes. the board's already too big. Why did I get this? Um. But
1: yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, again, maybe this was back in the day where board game boards weren't the best, but now they're pretty high quality. I mean, yeah, it's it's a rare it's a rare board game that you come across these days, and the board is not quality. Sure. So again, I'm happy to do the neoprene mat if it fits in the box. But I don't know the. I, I like myself a good board. Is, is that I guess maybe That's what I'm saying too.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. All and right. I love
1: expansions, so all those expansions are very good. Thank you so much. I like, appreciate that.
0: Yes, yeah. Now, me too. That's the thing. Like I have to justify all these things I have. Um, I'm looking at Kings <laughs> of Middle Earth right here now on my shelf. I haven't even played the last expansion that came out like three years ago. I'm like, yeah, it's more War of the Ring. I haven't played the other one. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody who submitted. You guys are all awesome. Uh, David, um, over on the Patreon, David Cooper, who reminded us of Scoundrels of Skullport and how amazing it is and why it's amazing. You are the winner this week of our contest. I'll be reaching out to you with a list of available prizes.
1: Also an awesome box. Also a super problematic box, like there's yes. never been. Yes. Yeah. And if you know, you know. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we could try to describe it here, but nah. Look at it. Nah, up. You, yeah. It's it's a hundred percent a thing. So yeah. No. So big shout out. Thanks. Thanks for everybody and and thanks for the people. Um, especially at level up events, because I'm having a great time there. And I also got to meet up with uh, some new friends, uh, some media people in board gaming. Check them out. Room 51, small uh, media channel out there, but really doing some amazing work and really hitting things great. And then uh, Lydia, uh, one of one of the great DEI people that's working for Stonemaier Games. Uh, tremendous people. Got a chance to do a panel with them about mental health and board gaming which is somewhat of my be- my bread and butter. I'm actually doing my doctoral project dissertation on tabletop role-playing games and the ability to use that as a clinical method for mental health. So a lot of really great conversations go on there. Board games do a lot of things. So much so that there's a journal, Anthony, that is putting together this great stuff. Yeah,
0: who knew? Oh, wait, we did. Because <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Board game academics is uh, in the final stages. Uh, oh, the final all countdown! Of, all of our papers are back in proof, and I'm just putting them all together, getting the layout ready. Like the website will be updated and ready for everybody to look at and read and share. Exciting! Uh, this month, so um, I'm not promising anything sooner than the end of the month, but I'm hoping, hoping for ear- earlier than that.
1: Excellent. We'll keep everybody informed. And again, thank you all for your support. And if you missed the first journal, at least as far as submissions are concerned, turns out there'll be another journal. Right? That's how these yeah. things work. It's yeah. Not just Not just a one-off.
0: The call for submissions for our next issue will go up on March first. So whoa, keep your eyes peeled. We will mention it here. We're recording on March first, so I will. We will remind you that day of yeah. going into the next episode that time. Um, yeah. But yeah, check out BoardGamerAcademics.com, dot um, The new. Issue will be up there. The new call for submissions will be up there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And as always, the latest and greatest is all of you out there and all the great work you do. Researching, writing papers, scholarships, and just teaching games at the table, playing games, and you know, making the community better. Yeah, yeah, you are amazing. All right, everyone. So let's get on to the games that we want hit the table. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders, Anthony. What has been burning? I mean, we're talking about a hotness episode is in fact there's something so hot that it's an acquisition disorder.
0: It It is. It is what? hot. Because there's a dragon, and
1: it'll breathe on you. <laughs> I see what you did there. It's a song of ice and fire. Oh. Ho, 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 ho.
0: Yeah, you set me up good. Um, <laughs> there's a new Game of Thrones board game, or tab- I guess it's miniatures, because they're all miniatures. Miniatures are cards. We actually only have the one board game, and it's really mean, and I've never played it. So... <laughs>
1: I played it a lot. It is mean. Yeah. That's the fun part of it.
0: I really want to play it and I can never get a group together that was willing to play it without trying to murder each other. So I just haven't done it. Um, to so, be fair, a, you yeah. can
1: play it on Steam now.
0: I know, but I still need a group to play it with. It's true. Um, play against a computer, but eh. Yeah. So, A Song of Fi- Ice and Fire Tactics, a tabletop miniature skirmish game, is coming from CIMON. Um It is launching this coming week, February 8th. So they're on GameFound, so they can do like their pre-launch. So I'm looking at everything now, but it's not actually up yet. Um, this is not a preview where they didn't pay us. It's nothing like that. It's just, Hey, more game of Thrones stuff. I like that. Let's check it out. Um, so this is the third, I think miniature based game for a song of ice and fire. You had the battle for Westeros, which was based on command and colors. Then you had the A song of ice and fire, um, miniatures game i think that's just what they called it which is like Mm -hmm. the big giant box from simon this is them taking that and boiling it down smaller to make a tactical skirmish game which is still just two players but skirmish versus the strategy expanded miniatures game is that just smaller right you're fighting with individuals who have units supporting them similar to like star wars legion or um, the marvel crisis protocol those are both skirmish games versus like the big army games, which are like Warhammer and all that good stuff. So it's smaller. It's cheaper theoretically. Um and when you get the characters, you can actually use them. Whereas in the other one, a Song of Ice and Fire, the Miniatures game, you got the characters and they sat on the side of the map and they didn't do anything. The the armies yeah. did stuff. The armies were boring to look at. It was not not the best idea. So it should have started here. Um so the base box that you can back um is sixty bucks. Uh, it's Battle of the Trident, so it's actually before the movie or before the TV show. This is when um, Robert Baratheon uh, took down uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, and so you got the Targaryens and you've got the Baratheons, but you've got all the people who are like aligned with those people at the time. So if you only know the TV show and you never read the books, you'll be like John Connington. Okay, what's going on there? And Louis the Martells were with the the targaryens and it's just that's what where it was at the time so if you have know the books this is this is interesting um the artwork's really interesting as well i like it it's new it's different it's not the same stuff we've been looking at for 20 years now um the big thing here though <laughs> the thing that made me put it on the list uh because great another skirmish game okay i'm not gonna play it <laughs> so it's fine um but if you back it at the drogon's fury level uh-huh. With the full skirmish set, which uh-huh. is two hundred and sixty dollars, jeez, <laughs> you get a seventy-eight centimeter high, crazy, which is about two and a half feet. Uh, skirmish battleground with Drogon, uh, the dragon, uh-huh. and you'll be fighting around
1: him. So which is also a castle.
0: Yes, it's yeah. There's a, he's on a castle, and yeah. there's different places you can go. There's trap doors in the castle. Fantastic. It's Jeez. a scenario for one or two players, by the way. So you can oh, play it by yourself. So they've they've figured this out. They're like, oh, I don't know if I have two people to play this with. Like, oh, no, you don't have to. If you buy the giant dragon, you can play by yourself. Ooh, interesting. Um, Which kind of is, is where I'm at at this point. I'm like, Ugh, I like that dragon so much. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon does that thing where they show you what the dragon looks like if it's painted by a professional. And you're oh, like, that's oh not fair. God, that's, I love
1: it. No, I hate when they do that. I'm just yeah. like, no. It's
0: it's one of the better looking paint jobs I've seen on one of their campaigns ever. It's so good. Um, mine will look like trash, so I don't, I don't know. So, anyways, I like A Song of Ice and Fire. Obviously cooled on it since the last two books are never going to come out and the TV show ended kind of meh. Um, but the That's, game looks interesting. It's a good okay. skirmish looking skirmish game. It's based on a system they already have. And this freaking battleground, man, I don't, like I laugh at Simon's giant stupid stuff all the time. Yeah. Like I didn't. I didn't back the Galactus. I didn't back the Cthulhu. But like this one, I'm like maybe. Mm-hmm. I, might. I might. This is pretty cool. Um. So I am following it. I'm gonna keep my eye on it.
1: Let me ask you a question though. What is up with Simon? Uh, putting these things up on GameFound now. This is the third game. I think they've fully switched over. Wow. Really? Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm. I'm assuming Simon or. GameFound probably paid them to do that. Sure. They're like, we'll give you a sweet deal, like you pay less percentage or something.
1: I mean, there was an article recently that Kickstarter is seeing some downtrending numbers. So, uh, I mean, mean, certainly when they lose CMON, that's making, you know, two to five million dollars per game. mm -hmm. Not terribly surprising, but it seems weird to see them on here. I mean, CMON is synonymous with Kickstarter. I don't. It really
0: is, yeah. I don't, it, it would be interesting in like five to 10 years to be able to ask one of them, like, why'd you
1: switch? Yeah. Um, I would not
0: be surprised if it was just like money. I don't know. They gave us a better percentage. <laughs>
1: so. I guess. I, I, I still just don't, and I don't know if the numbers bear this out. I don't feel like GameFound is bringing the people or the numbers or their the marketing is on point as, as Kickstarter is. Yeah. It, it just doesn't feel like it is. Maybe I will you know, I don't know. I don't know money numbers because people don't tell me those things. But right. if they would, I would say something or not because you never know. But it's still weird because, again, I would never think to look for game found to see monster things. And this is the third thing. And it's, it's fairly big. This is, again, un- unless the TV show has ruined it for you, which it has for several people. Uh, right. You know, this should make a lot of money because. Giant oh dragon it's always a giant dragon, right? If
0: it's literally just the dragon, man. Like I, yeah. I looked at this at first. I'm like, eh, I don't need another one of these. I have Battle for Westeros. I still have a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures. I'm like, it's fine. I, don't, I like this world, but I don't need this. And then I was like, ooh, the dragon, ooh, the dragon. And then there's gonna be stretch goals with other armies, and some of these are really cool. Give me some Dothraki and a dragon. Oh no. <laughs> um. So. It's it's worrisome because it's three hundred dollars, but oh,
1: I know, it's pretty cool again. All right, well, you know, you got another again. Depending on when you listen to this, five more days, four more days until this actually becomes a real campaign and not just a preview. Right. So, uh, yeah, February eighth, three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll go live. So, if you're interested, and if no other reason, Giant Dragon. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> I, I really wish I. I really wish I was like a fly on the wall w- when Seamon uh, puts his stuff together, and designers come in and they create this really complicated mechanics and these really beautiful miniatures and wonderful lore. And they're like, "This might make a little money." And they're like, "Giant dragon!" And you're like, yeah, all right, all giant right, dragon, because that that <laughs> clearly is not that is not initially built into the system, right? That's not a thing. No, like, that's yeah, a that thing- is a. They yeah. went to the
0: designers, and the designers are like, "I guess we could make. This, I don't know. We'll figure it out." Be I guess. Happy
1: about? I mean, they can't be happy about it. I mean, somebody's crunching a lot of numbers to make sure that all these armies bear out and they're fun to play, and and someone's designing like, you know, the chainmail down to like so that when someone paints it and then just giant dragons. So
0: <laughs>
1: maybe they have a giant department like giant. They made giant Cthulhu. They made giant Galactus. Maybe there's just. There's that guy, right? He comes to every meeting and they're just like, and and he's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do we my thing. You need a miniature the size of a baby, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that guy is a baby. Maybe he's oh. like he's like, I need a miniature as large as I am just for this game to be a thing. So uh, talk about expansions, man. I know, oof. yeah. That's oh, enormous. Man. Yeah.
0: This and I, the thing is this would just go up on a shelf and I would look at it. I wouldn't do anything with it. It's a statue, effectively.
1: I didn't like their other, uh, what would you call it, S- square plastic tray where you stick the figures in and you move them around. Yeah, yeah. That was, eh. All right. I don't know. It's giant Dragon. I can't compete with a Giant Dragon. I don't even know if I should nope. do mine now because you went trying and drag it on me. I, I should have I went first. Yeah. To be um, fair,
0: the game that you want to talk about is one I had on my list, and then I saw you'd already put it on here. So uh, I, right. I'm also excited about this.
1: Well I guess I guess there's some connection. Giant Dragon, Tokyo. Huh? Yeah? Huh? yeah. Minus one? <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, Tokyo Highway. Rainbow City. A colorful new board game expansion. Expansions. Uh for Tokyo Highway with new pieces and new ways to play. It's better than ever. I mean, that's at least their marketing. I'm not saying that's the marketing. Although they're gonna clip it now and use it on the, you know, Kickstarter and make billions of dollars off my uh enthusiastic. Uh, billions of their oh Billion. yeah dude they you have no idea i i hope they don't do that because <laughs> you know it's too powerful you know uh, it's just people should not do that i'm just saying no no they'll no. break the internet Oof, don't do that guys please please just saying uh nonetheless tokyo highway anthony you own this game right you own
0: i do yeah it is a very cute and clever little dexterity game um uh, where you're laying basically popsicle sticks on uh a... Small pieces of wood Mm -hmm. and people yell at it and it's fun. It's like Jenga, but with a highway.
1: (laughs) And the whole idea is to get rid of your cars or put place your cars on the highway. Those popsicle sticks of the highway. And as you build up the pillars, they have to go either up or down. They can't stay level. You got to do a thing with them. So eventually it becomes twirly whirly around the city and around other people. And it looks really, really cool at the table. And it's awesome. And yet at some point, it was a little problematic because, you know, because of the wood and because of the popsicle sticks and and the cars, things would fall off unintentionally, not purpose of the placement or anything like that. So uh, this new version, um, you get a whole bunch of different cars and trucks. There's a whole bunch of different shapes and sizes. And now things are made with a, a nonstick plastic. And there's little bumpers and stickers and things because they don't want you to unintentionally, right. you know, take everything down <laughs> with you. Uh, and on top of which, there's now a beautiful rainbow, probably there because of the Rainbow Bridge in, in Tokyo. There's a tower, very much uh, like Cones of Dunshire tower. There's a little cute little tiny airport, uh, stadium and museum. So there, there's new features to the Tokyo here. And as I mentioned, all the different car types, there's new rules. And, and the fun part of the new rules is it's about scoring points. So there's longer play. There's a different way to play it. And, you know, it's improved. It's improved throughout. Smaller box, all that kind of fun stuff. A lot more color to this, which I, I like a lot because I think that will certainly attract more people to the table. That's always really helpful because, you know, it's it's a dexterity game more or less. And... That's meant to draw a crowd while you're playing it. And it's a lot of fun. So currently, this is up on Kickstarter, and it will wrap up its backing on Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. That is Tokyo Highway Rainbow City.
0: I love it. I I have this saved, actually, because I... I can't find my copy of Tokyo Highway. I, I know I still have it somewhere, but this is a game I've been like, my kids will like this. I should get this out. And I've thought of it two or three times in the last year. Yeah. And so if I cannot find it in the next two weeks, <laughs> I will probably back this because I, I do want to have it. And this looks like a much better version because yeah. the non stick is, that's a game changer.
1: I really like the different car types. I think that really mm-hmm. adds so much to the game. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's nice to see... I mean, it's just great. It's just... It, this was. Did you ever review this, Anthony, on the podcast? At least, at least the base game?
0: I don't think so. Not
1: officially. Okay. All right. Well, when you get the new one, please do the yeah. thing. Yeah. Gladly. All right. So that's everything we want to hit the table. Anthony, let's talk about the games that did hit the table. We'll let people know if those games are a buy, and they should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play, and they should sit down and enjoy them. If those games are a dodge, and they should avoid them. Or, in fact those games that are dreaded burn and you know if you happen to have a two and a half foot tall plastic dragon you're ready to uh smoke that game so anthony what did you play this week
0: i played barcelona oh we've talked about several times in the podcast but we've not actually formally reviewed it so i think you can generally assume that we like it because it was in our top 10 for the year but yeah buddy we we have not formally reviewed this game yet Mm -hmm. uh so this is from Board and Dice and uh, designer Danny Garcia. Um, it's their first and or second game, depending on if you consider Arbor- Arborea being before or after this, but uh, early game in their career. Uh, and it is very much inspired by the Point Salad games that we all know and love, or some of you don't, from people like Stefan Feld um, or Helmut Olgi. And it, it's about building up the city of Barcelona. So in the game... There's a lot of different things going on, but your, your turn is actually fairly simple, right? It's just what you do at that turn in the end and how many points you generate from having done that. Um, so when you play, and you have this big grid in front of you on the main board um, representing the different streets and potential places where you can build, right? And it's all empty at the start of the game. Um, you will take two citizen tiles, these little hexes, and you will place them at an intersection somewhere on the board can go anywhere you want and you decide which of those two citizen tiles is on top the color matters because it determines what building is going to get built there you place them there and then you take the actions at the cross section right most of the intersections have two uh some of them have three because there is a diagonal that goes through as well on the avenue and you will then take the actions and there's a bunch of different actions you can take right you can build roads you can take uh the debris off of your um personal player board and build the cobblestones um, you can bring in special um, abilities you can get end game scoring bonuses um, from these various uh, building tiles that you pick up uh, you can just get some money or you can get some resources there's a lot of different things you can do and almost every single one of these will give you points right it's not uncommon after the first round or two of the game to already have like 30 points because everything scores you points Endgame scores are, I mean, the longer I've played it, the higher they get. But I'm like high 200s, low 300s, you can, they give you the tile to flip to 400. I haven't done it yet, but it's theoretically possible. Um, After you do that, you look at the board to see if it is possible to build a building on any of the inner or any of the plots surrounded by the place you just put them. So you look to see if there are other places that people have less citizens in previous rounds, and you don't get to choose if they are there and you can build you have to build right it's it's mandatory um so then you take the tile you build it it gives you benefits every time you're always going to score points you're often going to get additional things but sometimes it'll drop you down on the like this extra scoring bonus t- track um depending on like what level of building you build and there are three levels of buildings so if you have a level 1 building and you've put all your pieces around it you might be upgrading it to a level 2 or a level 3 Again, it's not optional. You have to do it. You score points every time you do it. This is why this, the points keep building up so much. Um, the rounds are continuous, but then there is a scoring break every time that you fill up one of these little chunky areas. So There'll be like one scoring tile that gives you bonus points for like the number of roads you have out or the number of extra scoring tiles you have or the number of times you've moved your tram, right? Um, and once you fill up one of the citizen rows in that section that triggers everybody does that you score your multiplier and then that resets and you go to the second section and then you do the second section resets it goes to the third that finishes the game is over um i really enjoy this quite a bit and i'm not covering every single mechanic here because it is a point salady game so there is there's like 20 ways to score points so (laughs) you know we could talk about dropping off passengers and all these different upgrades and the cathedral building and um, your own little disc that you put out and the intersection tiles that you can put out. There's a bunch of stuff you can do. So teaching the game for the first time takes a little bit of time because uh, you've got to go through each of these actions and make sure people get them. And you got to check every time somebody does something because they miss stuff because there's all these little things you have to do. But once you get it, it really flows quite smoothly. Like it's, it's not a game. You're going to be checking the rule book a bunch. It's just, you want to make sure you know what all the actions are and how they kind of flow into one another. Um, but I really had a lot of fun with it. I feel like the point sality nature, and again, you kind of have to like that kind of thing. Like, if you really don't like, like, a Trajan or something or Russian Railroads, you may not necessarily like this game because it is, like, every action you take, you're taking a one direction, and you're going to score points from that direction no matter what, right? You're not building an engine towards something I mean, to a certain degree, you are with like endgame scoring and stuff. You can choose a direction, but you're always getting something. It's just a matter of have you gotten an efficient amount of something? Therefore, you have the most when everybody else is done. Um, but the thing I like about this type of game is that it always feels like I'm being successful. Every single turn, I put something out. I've added something to my player board. I've built something on the map. I've moved up on the score track. Every single round. There's never a round where I'm like, that was a nothing round and I'm building towards a future (laughs) round. I'm always contributing to the city, which is what I think you need in a game like this where you're building up a city. So I really, really enjoyed it. I've played it several times. I've played it solo um, a couple times as well. Um, The solo game has most of the same mechanics, but there's uh, kind of a flow to it in terms of like the Automa is going to take certain actions and move and block certain things. And it's a little wonky. In terms of how they move and where they move, and where they're gonna build and how they're gonna build, not my favorite thing in the world. But you get into the flow of it, and it's just kind of fun to go through that progression. Um, which, if you enjoy the puzzle of it, there you go. There's more ways to play it. So uh, I enjoy this a lot. It it was a surprising buy for me. I, I was really happy that um, board and dice kind of finally knocked it out of the park <laughs> with one of these like fall releases. Um, the last few that have been kind of in this weight range and this type of game have just really kind of fallen flat for me. And this one really, and at this point I had just been like, okay, it's pretty to look at, but meh, I don't know. It doesn't look that interesting. And then I played it and I was like, actually, I like this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then I played it some more. I was like, actually, I think i like like even more than I thought. And now oh, I love it. there you so, go. Barcelona, everybody. Great game.
1: Yes, absolutely. Very, very, very good, good game. Uh, it's a buy for me as well. I, Ooh. The rare double buy, the the rare double buy, and I, again, so we, like you talked about, can't rave enough about what Board and Dice did here, because, they really, we talked about this many times. Like you said, we didn't have an official review, but we re, we reviewed it, generally a couple of times of what Board and Dice did to kind of upgrade the components, uh, upgrade the design, just just really paid attention to everything and do and did something different, and again. The game also has a, a real history to it. It you're not just playing squares and blocks to a board. This is Barcelona. If you see the city, you see the board game and it talks about the history and the the city planning and construction and the rationales and the social classes. It has some real it's got some real legs to it. And as you mentioned, it's fun, right? Because the just the general idea that you're always doing something that's scoring points and also you're building this lavish city. It's beautiful. It's colorful. All the elements to it. And when you finish the game, and if you don't win the game, you feel like you did something and you contributed to this grand design. And that's a really good feeling. I was, I'm was i really happy about it. This game has not gotten enough attention for reasons, and I don't know, but it really should be up there a lot more.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I, I feel like... And they do this every year. They'll release like two or three euros at the same time. And this year it was this, and then immediately after that, Nucleum and Nucleum sucked all the oxygen out of the room. Yeah, way. Um, which is a brilliant game. I love Nucleum, but this one also deserves to be talked about in the same breath. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't think it is.
1: No, it's not. And again, it should, because I, I I think it's it's a let's let's call it, it's going to a gem or future gem because just right. people should be playing this. And again. You don't have to love point salads. This is just done right and nice. And it's also, we should also say, because we often complain about the high costs of games, this is a very reasonable cost for a really good game. And again, you don't see that everywhere. No. Yep. Yeah. All right. Speaking of giant <laughs> unreasonable costs for games, I played Scarface 1920. Um, <laughs> or I should say, and a little bit of disclaimer, I played half of Scarface 1920. Uh, this has had let's say a big history on Kickstarter and it and gamefound as well it had the original original game out there as the base game the expansions came out recently we talked about this this was on my acquisition disorder i researched the heck out of it because it was a game that just spoke to me and i was really excited about it and again we were talking about expansions one of the my favorite expansion types is more factions, uh, especially when the factions have a little bit of difference to them. So this was great because it had more expansions. Now I didn't play the expansion version, and I really still do want to play this, but I did play the base game. And since this has not hit, you know, people, they're still waiting for their game found, you know, Kickstarter backing kind of thing. I was really excited to see this at the table, really excited to get a chance to play it. And thanks to uh, my game teacher and the fellow players at the table, Got a chance to play it, so we are looking obviously at Chicago, the 1920s. We're looking at um, mobs kind of rise up in light of prohibition, and you are playing that particular phase of history over uh, over several rounds until prohibition is lifted. So as pro as prohibition's happening, that's where all the crime happens, and. Your job as one of the crime bosses here is to move your people out to the map and take over the different, more or less legitimate businesses, but they also have some other element to it. So it could be a brothel, it could be a speakeasy. It's just doing bad stuff. So if you're, you know, the the board itself has it's you know sectioned up into districts. And each in each district, there is at least one building or more. Uh, your job is to use your deck building skills to take cards from the markets that allow you to add associates to your hands, so that you have the you have the require the required muscle power to be able to take over these buildings, claim them as your own, put your little markers on it. Great production here as well, and then now you can use that building to produce. Now. What you're producing is typically just getting cash. So you're trading in alcohol and guns, and you're getting cash from that. So that's your primary engine. Deck build up until you could take over areas. Use your people to do a number of different actions. It's got a worker placement element that goes along with the cards. And... Once that's kind of somewhat more established, then that's really where things get messy, because people can take over your buildings if they have enough power, so there'll be a lot of fighting for those different buildings, and then as you build those buildings up, they have a lot of resources on them, which makes them tempting, and there is police that are involved that just, just kind of get in the way, but don't, doesn't stop the game itself. High quality production. The miniatures are great. The board's great. The artwork is fantastic. Graphic design's not bad. It does get muddled down a lot with the cards. The cards themselves, it's not so clear on the cards always because you not only do you have cards, associates you're going to add to your deck, but you're also going to have places where you'll be able to produce more guns, produce more alcohol. There's also... Mafia mob jobs that you have to do that have just very clunky language, things that you have to meet certain conditions, and then there's certain outcomes from that. So, we often had to go back to the rule book or pass the cards around to really get a sense of, like, is this what it means? Because sometimes things seem too powerful or too weak. I'm not sure. A lot of stuff in this game, a lot of cards in this game, this game has a lot of replayability. You're not going to burn out of the deck anytime soon as you're doing all your bad stuff uh eventually elliotness is you know breathing down your neck and everyone in the criminal underworld world gets uh sent to prison and then you have to use your lawyers to break them out to put the figures back on your boards because again worker placement element along with deck building so scarface 1920 they haven't played the the bloody business which is the expansion here a really fun, interesting take of area control, uh, economic production, because you're trading two things in to get money. Money is the victory points in this game. And, you know, it's one of those games where there's a lot of things to do, but the game itself kind of shrinks down and only allows you to do one main thing, but the cards have a lot of text that lets you do things. Uh, there's a lot of choices to where to put your characters to do activities. There's there's so many different choices in this game. And it's somewhat straightforward, but the preponderance of choices. Cards, jobs, uh, you know, on the board, there's multiple actions. In an open space, there's actions. It does clutter, it does clunk, it does become obtuse once i play we played through the first round i was like i get it we played play through the second round i was like okay same you know same kind of thing global effect kind of hits a little bit and it's fine it's fine it's a play it doesn't get a buy from me for some of the reasons i mentioned there's just honestly way too many choices they're not consequential you really only get to do one specific major thing your cards have a lot of extra abilities. The text is a little bit off. Uh, it just, it does. It's bigger than it really needs to be. It, it, it's trying to be more. It's trying to be complicated and detailed and dynamic. And really, if it would have slimmed down and been a little more streamlined and offered less choices, honestly, I think it would have been a much quicker, easier game to get to the table. And I think it would have been a lot more fun. There's just, there's too much. There's just too much. Getting your guys available, getting your guys on the board, Oh, uh, you know. And those are all actions. And once you get your guys to the boards, depending on where on the board they are, there's multiple places on this very busy board. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's too much. I'm happy to have played it. I do not feel the need to play it again. And as much as I was really interested in the the expansions, I'm gonna probably pass in the future so mm. that's scarface 1920 um good production i get it i i think that they needed to slim down streamlined it and i think it would have been by far better
0: yeah that's i honestly if you asked me ahead of time what to expect that's probably what i would have guessed like just looking at it from what it is and
1: it's just the too fact much. That it's a Kickstarter, yeah. yeah. It's,
0: it's too it's, much. It, it's just more editing, more editors, more vision. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, the production's great. It's just you got jobs, you got dealer, you got dealers, you got you got the associates you put in. You have your regular people, you have your mob boss, you have his associates that you can kind of add. And then there's things. There's a whole number of things on the board. There's global. Effect. It's just it's it plays very well on a Kickstarter. When you read it on a Kickstarter. You're like, this is going to be a fun, epic adventure, and it offers so many different things. And when you play at the table, it's like, oh, let me I have to read through all the different choices, because one of these might be good. And you're like, okay, I will do the one thing. Yeah. So all of those choices are not available to you each round as far as, like, I could do multiple things. I could do the one thing, maybe multiple times. So, yeah, it's it's a play. It's, yeah. A little bit of sadness, teardrop, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> All right, so that's everything that hit our table this week. Anthony, we are now on to our feature review. So get revved up, get warmed up, let's do it. It is our BGG hotness for February 2024.
0: It is, let's do it. So uh, if you haven't listened to one of these before, we go through the top 50 games in the Board Game Geek hotness. Not necessarily every game, just the ones that seem interesting. And super hot. Super hot. Spicy hot.
1: Yeah. It's uh, like if you had that giant dragon, that hot.
0: Ooh, yeah. Drogon hot. Yeah. Uh So some of these games are on here every month. We don't really talk about those because you know, <laughs> Terraforming Mars.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's yeah. different. <laughs> Brass
0: wingspan. Yup. They're there. Um So let's start it off at number 50. Uh <laughs> I'm sure it's just cuz it's a slow month, but Agricola revised edition is on the hotness. Oh,
1: it's going to do know. a thing. It's going to do a thing. People
0: people play and re- there's no clear reason. It probably it's being talked about somewhere, but uh the the forums are not overly active that I can see. Aww. It's just it's it's new to the list at number 50.
1: Does that burn you with the hotness, Anthony, that it's here because you you hate this game? I love this game, but you have just flames bursting, bursting out of your head.
0: <laughs> it to be fair, it's a dodge, not a burn for me. But wow. I know I, I can't commit. uh But I, there's so many games on this list I do like, so okay. Yeah, I'm okay. All right, I'm Okay, okay. like cool. okay. I could survive. It's only number fifty. If it gets to number forty-nine, then just watch <laughs> out. Sure, I'm about to go Drogon up in here. Everyone, um, keep
1: an eye on the hotness. If it hits forty-nine don't listen to the episode just yeah there
0: may not be another episode (laughs) everything's gonna burn to the ground
1: expletives (laughs) across the board hide your children all that kind of stuff yeah
0: all right number 49 is pax premier second edition and you know what it's probably here because uh slate recently had a profile on uh cole Worley. yes Uh, it's a great article check it out uh it's written by luke winky who has previously written about board games for the atlantic um Mm -hmm. i've used his article on colonialism and board games in my class. It's a great article. Mm-hmm. Um, I will probably use this game, this Whoa. article, in my class as well, because it is lengthy, it's detailed, it's interesting, um, and Cole Worley really does make some amazing games. So Very nice. Check that out. Read that article. Will do. Number 48 is The Plum Island Horror. This is uh, a new GMT game. It doesn't sound like a GMT game, but it is from the designer of Dawn of the Zeds, which is the, I think, victory point zombie game that everybody loves so much. Um, and it is a, a horror game kind of with the cooperative solo elements to it and the GMT treatment, which is always just like very careful balance and well-written rules. So um, for for those people out there who dig the horror games, uh, check that one out. Nice. 47 is El Grande. What are we doing to, like a 40-year-old game in here?
1: <laughs> it's a good game. I like it. I believe it. Yeah. I like
0: the new cover. It's very pretty.
1: Yes. I mean a new that's cover awesome. that deserves, you know this is the uh reprint that's coming out. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is shipping like right now, so people are starting to get it. Um 46 is Frosthaven, which is I I guess the only people who bought Frosthaven are the ones who already own Gloomhaven, because <laughs> Gloomhaven, um, spoiler, is generally higher on the list than Frosthaven. Uh but Nowadays, neither of them is very high. So, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure it's a brilliant game for people who love this stuff. It's just, I'm, I burned out on Gloomhaven. We've talked about this at length.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I wonder, you know, for those people who have Frosthaven, do you just get off Gloomhaven if you haven't finished it? And you're just... Or you, do you finish Gloomhaven at least as much as you can or as much as you want and then do Frosthaven?
0: Yeah, like, do you have time for 250 scenarios? Like...
1: That's so much. I got to believe that they would want to get Force Haven because it is the hotness.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I would switch. Like, yeah. if I bought this, I would switch. I'm just, I still have Gloomhaven. I never finished it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. A um, couple more here. We got Freelancers, a Crossroad game. Uh, this was from Plat Hat Games using the Crossroad system from Dead of Winter. Uh, so it is you are exploring the garbage of a ruined world in the new gig economy. Okay. Uh, very cool, like, re implementation of Forgotten Waters. Um, Buzzy for the people who've played it but you know that best at five players three to seven player count certainly pushes some people away.
1: Yeah I can imagine
0: Kinfire Chronicles Night's Fall at number 44 Um, I, Some of you have called me out in the past for just being very dismissive of these big sprawling <laughs> uh, Kickstarter games but you know what it's too much y'all it's, it's just too much. I will say though this one has standees It's not miniatures, and it is designed by Kevin Wilson with a team. Um, Kevin Wilson of many games fame, you know, worked on Game of Thrones, Descent, Arkham Horror. So I imagine it's good. It's just not for me. And I respect everybody who loves it.
1: It's a lifestyle game. And I think that's one of the things that we forget is that there are just some games that require a section of your life because you have to learn, play, get the group together. Like this, this is gloomhaven-esque as far as yeah. commitment
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh 43 is world wonders uh i don't like this game so <laughs> <laughs> go back to my review i gave it a dodge it has a five on my bgg listing so i don't know why it's up here i think maybe it got a review or discussion somewhere that kind of popped it up a little on the list but uh my opinion is that it's not very good
1: there you go folks yeah, that's all that matters it. cuz you're listening to my
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Darwin's Journey at 42. Decent game with an expansion, right?
1: Yeah. I it's it I I I I don't want to talk about it because I feel like there's that underlying anger that it should have came with the expansion, like the expansion yeah. should have been the base game. I feel that they fundamentally I want to say they didn't understand what they were doing or how they're doing it, but it, it, it harkened back to some of the old criticisms. We were talking about expansions before back in the Mm -hmm. day, there was this conspiracy theory. Again, I don't know if it was true or not, but like publishers would have a great game and hack off a part of it to sell it as an expansion. And sometimes, and I mean this, there's one game in particular, if you, you'll never find it we've done you know almost 500 <laughs> episodes but there's one game in particular if you meet me i will tell you which one i know for sure because i've spoken to the designer and i was like what the heck dude that they just hacked off the end because you play the game and if and it's 100% incomplete so yeah. the fact that this didn't have the expansion as the actual game and had a very benign basic kind of you know map and playthrough I got it I I feel like they did that purposely. I I just do because the actions are not dynamic without it. They're just not.
0: It definitely feels like a different game and it should never feel like a different game with the expansion. It should oh. feel like a enhanced version of the game.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I gave it multiple plays to really grind through it and I never want to tell people to pick up an expansion because for the sake of it, things these things are costly, but Darwin's Journey with the main expansion it's just, it's a different game. It's just different. So right. It hits differently.
0: Yep. All right. Um. Next up, we have a clip second on for the galaxy at 41. Uh. This is because the rule books for the two new expansions, the exiles and the, Oh, what is it? Outcast packs Um. just went up. So these are shipping soon ish. Uh, they're supposed to be reaching the U S at least Um. in late February and late March. So we've been waiting eagerly for new content for Eclipse Second Dawn. It's coming soon. Uh nice. 40, Oath Sworn into the Deepwood. It's miniatures and Kickstarter <laughs> and blah 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 blah.
1: People blah. like it. I'm done. People
0: like it. I, I respect all of you. I can't do it. <laughs> uh thirty-nine is Nucleum. Um, this is actually down a little bit, but they have the new Australia pack, which is coming, I think they said April. Mm-hmm. April or May? Soon, the first half of the year. So the pre-orders are all up now. Um, great game. New content.
1: So awesome. let let me talk here. So is this the opposite conspiracy where they knew the base game was so damn good that they were already doing the production for the expansion? They didn't even wait. Like, it didn't even come out. The expansion had to be in the works, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the design was already done. Like, the visual yeah.
1: design. A 100%. So yeah. they they knew they had a winner, and they were like, hey, this is going to be a thing. And they were right. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, all right. Going forward, here we got number thirty-eight, Obsession. Uh, this is just kind of one of those hotness games. that's always up here now. It yeah, buddy. Any, but people be digging Obsession. We were there five years ago.
1: We were we there at the beginning, this thing early. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell it's, Anthony. T- tell people how obsessed I was with Obsession. You like? We to- were
0: teaching it to random people while we were waiting to do something else. <laughs> like Chris, we gotta go no, this table's open. You're like, I just got to teach these people this game. I'm uh, like, why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were playing a game, and you're like, damn it, Chris, can you sit down? I'm like, no. People need to know about Obsession. I can't leave here <laughs> without teaching this game.
0: Yeah. So, uh, there's at least two or three or maybe six uh, other Obsession fans out there who can thank yeah. Chris for <laughs> No, seriously,
1: like, I a good three or four games, I was bouncing back and forth teaching as we were playing a game, and I was annoying my compatriots but i felt like it was the right thing to do uh the designer will never know but back in the day when it was not a thing it was a thing man telling you yeah heck yeah um
0: brilliant game by the way you know new expansion coming soon uh number 37 is sky team this is the two-player real-time cooperative landing airplanes game um (laughs) it it looks stressful just I don't know. I look at this, I see people playing, I'm like, uh, my heart rate goes up. I don't want to play that, but it, I'm sure it's very cool. Sure. Uh, Number 35, Marvel Champions. I love me some Marvel Champions. Um, They recently announced a couple new things. We've got the Iceman Hero Pack coming as one of the final X-Men packs, so going old school with Iceman. Um, and then a little preview of the Age of Apocalypse campaign, which is coming up, so um, they've really slowed down the releases for this,
1: so it, we get very excited
0: when new stuff is announced.
1: It's almost as if they know what they're doing, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't.
0: Ooh, Burn! well, I don't know. If, I don't know <laughs> if Fantasy Flight knows what they're doing in general, but yeah, sure. Well,
1: <laughs> at least they 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 do. I mean, the LCG is their thing. Yeah, they know yeah, how to definitely. do an LCG. They throw down like, and their LCGs have been progressively better every iteration under a new IP.
0: That is true. Yeah. And they've they've kind of locked into the, like the solo co-op mm-hmm. LCG as a model, and those three games are ver all very popular.
1: They're gonna make all the monies now. Yeah. If they haven't already,
0: I think they have. I yeah, I think they're doing fine. Uh thirty three, jumping ahead, we've got Age of Innovation. Uh this is the Terra Mystica one point five point seven five, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um it it's this bumps up and down the list based on the reprints and when they come out. So Capstone has just been trying to keep the thing in print so people can buy it but it's a great game okay uh 31 agricola okay now i think <laughs> something's going on with agricola <laughs>
1: why is this here <laughs> it's a thing man ah chris why is this here i don't think you look too deeply into it because of your bias towards agricola Maybe. but there's something happening man You you gotta dig deeper and then you gotta i don't
0: see anything here all these videos are like oh oh you know what it is uh-huh Shut Up and Sit Down is doing their top 100. Yep. And, see, and it's Agricola their, is on the top 100.
1: It's their number 100. Is it their number 100? It's their number 100.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So this is going to happen to every game that they make a video for. Got yeah.
1: It. Oh. I don't know if you've heard about them, but they're kind of hot. Just yeah, saying. A little big deal. Yeah. 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 Not as hot okay. as us, but they're, they're pretty hot. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. 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 I yeah. get
0: it. I get it. Well, yeah. Okay. With, with, with the, with the I miss I missed, I missed that. I miss that. That makes more sense. I should just assume anytime an old game makes it up on the list, it's probably should have been sit down because they got some they skills. Do. Yeah. All right, number thirty, Arkham Horror the card game. That's the other LCG. Yay! It's, uh, enough. New content's always coming out. Nothing exciting there. Um, twenty nine is Bloodstones. This is a Martin Wallace game that was on GameFound last year. Um, it's getting ready to do stuff and get into people's hands. So it's a big sprawling one to six player, uh, kind of map. Area control type of game, mm-hmm. so, um interesting. I almost backed it. I almost I didn't quite, but I'm looking forward to trying it. Twenty eight is Thunder Road Vendetta. This is basically Mad Max, but not. But also yes, <laughs> um, it made a lot of people's best of list last year. I didn't play it, but I kind of want to now. So uh, I, I tend to avoid the restoration game stuff because every time I go back to one of those, it doesn't hold up for me. Yeah. But, um, this is not one I have nostalgia for so i'm gonna give it a go you're safe then yeah okay uh 27 dune imperium uprising new dune i bet it goes higher we've got the new movie coming out next month sure uh 26 is fourth shuffle it's on board game arena it's i think in print now you were met on this weren't you
1: yeah yeah it was definitely a little bit yeah it's a thing
0: yeah uh 24 is Federation. This is a big sprawling uh space epic y Euro um, that I think got brought over by Eagle Griffin. So you could pick this up from them. They just did like a, a direct sale um situation. And it was nominated for a few awards recently. So mm-hmm. the Asdor expert category as well as the Hogo Dano nomination. Um I think that's probably why it's it's up here right now. Uh 23 is Earth. We know Earth, it won a bunch of awards last year. <laughs> we were we didn't hate it. It wasn't a burn, but it was a meh. It was a light play. High dodge. There you go. Uh 21 Storm Raiders. This is new to me. This is from Shem Phillips, though. So it's coming from Arcus Games, which is not Shem's company, which mm-hmm. I find interesting. So we've got a new company. We've got a very new theme for Shem Phillips, because usually, you know, he's doing his Eastern Western Kingdom, Eastern, whatever. Uh, games, and now we've get a game about racing and raiding and salvaging. It's it's Mad Max again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but Shem Phillips, it's on Kickstarter right now. So, I if I liked this theme more, I would be interested. But it's just not my kind of thing. Not going to happen. No, not going to happen. I love me some Fury Road, but like, give me post apocalyptic car racing, and I still I'm just like,
1: hey, okay,
0: I'll, I'll try out Thunder Road. But this is asking me for money so i don't know <laughs> makes sense all right number 15 is night jumping ahead again because we've got kind of the the stalwarts here terror from umars spirit island wingspan doing imperium mm-hmm. um night is a, a game that's been on the hotness for a little while now it is a pen and paper um flippy roll and righty type of situation where you're you're writing things out and drawing things out rather than you know placing pieces on the map um, it was on Kickstarter, and I believe the campaign's done now, but it's had a lot of buzz around it at the time. So you were playing as a knight, and kind of a, it's almost like an RPG type of approach.
1: Okay, I'm down.
0: Um, number 14, Brass Birmingham, the number one game. So there you go. Uh, number 13, Dune War for Arrakis. This shipped to everybody the last few weeks. Uh, I might have mentioned that I got my copy uh, yes. two or three times on this episode yes <laughs> um good game hoping to play it soon will it shoot up
1: as high as doing period?
0: no i don't think so um I've, I've seen some people not be as hot on it okay uh as others so I, I i need to play it i haven't played it so sure um but i think a lot of people are comparing it too directly to war of the ring which i think is not going to be in its favor no that's not fair yeah. I mean, it's the same designers. It's based on the same system, but at the same time, if you compare them directly, it's almost certainly not going to be as good. hmm. 100%. Uh, all right. Uh, the next few are kind of like a best of from last year. We've got Voidfall at number 12, Hegemony at number 11, The White Castle at number 10. Um, all games that were up on best of lists from last year. Sure. Uh, Arc Nova at number nine, a game that's perpetually up in the top 10, especially since it hit Board Game Arena. Mm hmm. Number eight is Last Light. Uh, I don't think we got a chance to play this last year. I certainly didn't. Either. I didn't either. So it's it's kind of like an abstracty looking 4x game, um, that has just been kind of buzzing around. A lot of lot of talk at the end of last year. Earthborn Rangers, uh, is a very interesting post apocalyptic approach because it's more like positive, <laughs> like it's not dystopian. It's it's like things are okay. We're rebuilding. Um, so it's a cooperative card game, uh, set in the future. And it is up on GameFound now for the second edition. So very buzzy. It was hard to find, and I'm I'm tempted. It, it looks very interesting. Number six is Heat Pedal to the Metal because it's just always up here now. If you can find a <laughs> copy, you're up here. All you're doing is on with PGG talking about it. Yeah. Um, Uthia Torment of Resurrection on number five. I I don't know why this is all the way up here. Honestly, this was. This is an older game. I maybe it's back on Kickstarter or
1: it's a 2021 release, right? So new expansions. Yeah,
0: there's new expansions announced. Mm -hmm. Um, also probably just shipped really slowly because Kickstarter. One hundred percent, right? So let's blame that. Um, altered at number four. This is Asmodee's new uh, uh collectible card game TCG. It's on Kickstarter. And it has this whole weird thing going on with, like, QR codes. Yep. Like, you scan in your deck and you own it. Yep. That's the thing everybody's talking about. The thing that I'm most interested in is that it's coming from the artwork of um, people behind games like Dixit and Mysterium, right? It's very pretty looking.
1: It's gorgeous. I, 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 I get it, right? This is the golden ring, the golden calf, however you want to call it. There's too many CCGs, man. Magic is yeah. pumping them out. Lorcana is crushing it. I mean, I think it's only expanding. So I don't know if this is the best time to release CCJ. I'm just just saying.
0: No, no. And Star Wars launches next month. Oof. So I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm already in on that because my son was like, we have to buy this. Oh, yeah. Boo. no. Boo, Jack. Boo.
1: <laughs> Bye, Anthony.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Remember when you had money? <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's going to get bored in like two weeks, and I'm going to be like buying those cards for the next three years. Yeah, until Fantasy Flight, Flight stopped making them because it's what they do. That's true. All right, number three, Triumph. This is the new one from Phalanx. It is up on Kickstarter right now. Phalanx makes big, beautiful-looking war games. This is yet another ancient Rome war game, which they're kind of known for at this point. Um, looks pretty. I have a few of these, so it's not something I'm necessarily going to back, but they're always fun to look at because it's just like the most beautiful version of this type of game comes from Phalanx.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, ISS Vanguard at number two shot all the way up here. This was a 2022 release. Um, So it's, it's been out for a little while, but there's, you know, new content coming and more people kind of talking about the game and getting it into their hands. So lots of discussion going on at the moment. And numero uno, we all know what it is. It's Wormspan. This is the reimplementation of Wingspan based on Dragons now, I guess. Is is the goal? Not more. Not actually. It's Dragons. No, it's not a worm game. It's not a worm game. Um, It's Dragons. So it is. They came out, they launched the pre order. Stegmire came out and said they have 100,000 copies in the first print run, Mm -hmm. which is so much. Like, you don't do that in board games. Like, that is so many copies. Um, so hopefully a lot of people want a dragon game. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Wingspan was like lightning in a bottle. I don't know if this is going to recapture that, but I don't know. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Um, does, it have a,
1: does it have a two and a half foot dragon miniature?
0: No, see, that's the problem. They didn't do that. <laughs> do you imagine didn't... like calling the, the factory and being like, we need a hundred thousand of these. <laughs> oh
1: my God. <laughs> maybe they, sh- they should pair up with CMON and do like a cross promotion. It could be the uh, Barbie Oppenheimer of 2024. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, when Wingspan came out, it benefited from bringing all the bird lovers to the game. Right. And that's why initially there was that craze for the game because bird lovers were picking it up and board gamers were like, wait a minute. Like, this was not counted for. And then, you know because it it was out of print and because people were picking it up and it was going for crazy prices i think that it it spread the legend a lot quicker i think if it would have just right. came out and just been played people would have been okay but it if mass panic and this obviously won't get that uh it's dragons which for me is definitely a much more interesting you know area of of just playing games out there on the table but is there a dragon faction of the community that has not played tabletop games that are, you know, going to come in now? I don't know. It's a good. It's a good thing to. It's a. It's a Super Bowl thing. It's a betting thing, right? Like, right. What's the over under? What's the What's the line here? How many How many more copies of a thing? And it does seem. It does seem have not played it, have not previewed it. Look through the look through the uh, the images online. It does seem more complicated than Wingspan.
0: Yeah, which is why I found it interesting that they made so many. Yes. like I I feel like this is either going to blow up the way they think it is, and I'll be like, okay, I'll eat my crow, or we're going to be able to find copies for $15 in, in six months. Because, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, and maybe it's brilliant and everybody will want to play it, but the the Venn diagram of board gamers and bird watchers, it was a th- thin slice in the middle, and this and Wingspan like squished it together a little bit. I feel like the Venn diagram of worm span and Board Gamers is probably much larger in the middle. So I don't know how much you could squish that. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's going to happen. I root for their success.
1: <laughs> it's going to happen. So, and, yeah, it's also the question of will people understand that Worm is not the little squishy guy underground. It's actually a dragon. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a legitimate concern here, right? Because I don't think everybody knows that. The public doesn't know. They will after this. But I don't know enough to pick yeah. up the game, so to speak. And again, I think always, and some obviously designers do this, there's always that situation where they're hoping to benefit off the previous game to kind of garner that kind of attention, and then a lot of times, along like I, I guess we should say, uh, Foundations was it Foundations of Blue Haven, mm-hmm. Like that kind of idea? So hopefully, maybe, possibly, we'll see. Maybe, ta- yeah. maybe Taylor yeah. Swift will Uh, Pick it up, and ooh, then
0: it'll sell three million copies.
1: Swifties will get out there and crush that game. Yeah, they're the best. If
0: if Taylor Swift ever plays a board game, this whole oh my god industry will burn to the ground. Like
1: (laughs) the factory will implode, the website will crash. I mean, the dedicated fans, and yeah, no, I mean, sure, maybe get Travis Kelsey to play it. I could see that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then she'll play it, and then she'll be like the super DM or something like that. She'll write songs about uh tabletop games and you know stuff like that.
0: Oh my gosh, we could have her on the podcast.
1: Oh my gosh, you'd be a third host. Yeah. <laughs> just saying.
0: We got a plan here. Okay, let's do it.
1: <laughs> Taylor, we're asking you first. We're just saying. We know you listen. We're asking you first. Third host. You're third on the billing. Just saying. I'm sorry. Third. Yeah, yeah. Third on the billing. Yeah, we, uh, we can't.
0: We don't want to make it seem like we're pandering. No, so no, 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 can't.
1: no. No. But you you will work. You'll you'll get it. You'll get a hang of it you'll do fine yeah 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 you got skills you got talent this will be easy for you in time in time
0: <laughs> work your way up
1: <laughs> you could you could use a mic i think that's i think you're good all right everyone so that's everything for this week until next time this is chris and this is anthony and this is taylor swift and we'll save you all i see you at the table take care everyone